0: Thank you so much for joining with us, and uh, I expected something to happen there that didn't happen, and so I was confused, so then my wife was laughing at me, which is appropriate, as she should. God is so good, and we've already been hearing what God has been saying to us today, and as I wrote on Slack, I just want to communicate here as well. That the reason that we take the time to gather, the reason that we that we come onto Promise Church YouTube channel and watch the live stream is because God wants to speak to us and He wants to speak through us to each other. And even though we aren't present together, God is still speaking. And today, as we dive into our third sermon on Galatians chapter uh on on galatians and we're going through chapter two then i encourage you to be asking god what are you saying to me today and how does that affect my life and what and what i am doing and so today i'm going to just open up in a word of prayer as we move on into into this sermon god i thank you so much that you are so faithful i thank you so much that you are such a good God, and that you are so consistent. God, as we look into Galatians, and we see Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10 today, God, I know that what you bring out of this is you bring this this idea that you are doing a consistent work. And so, Jesus, today I pray that no matter where we are, that we would see that in you, that we would see your work continuing through us. And Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified in in your name. Amen. So we're we're going through every single week, and we're just taking a brief look at Galatians and and who they were and, and how they were. And, you know, what we see in Galatians is we see a church that is a young church that has the beautiful truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ given to them. And then we see traditions and people with powerful influences coming in and trying to change the expression of that church. And we see God speaking through his, his anointed person to come and keep that church on the correct road. That's the overview of what's happening in Galatians over the whole letter, and that is something that we need to consider as promised church because we are a new church We need to recognize that as a new church, we start off with this beautiful gospel, with this great articulation of the the proclaiming of Jesus Christ as Lord. And one of the dangers that we have as a new church is is that that influences and traditions can come in and, and pull us onto a road that might not be the road that the Spirit has for us. And so, as we are coming to this text today, we come at it individually as people who are called by the name of Jesus, and we come at it corporately as a group who is called to express and proclaim the gospel of Jesus into our setting. And so, we have two lenses that we look at it, and we want to make sure that we are caught in what God is doing. So, today we're accepting text messages um, through the... um, through the online forum at promisechurch.community. As I mentioned earlier, in today's message, there's a box that you can, that you can uh, put in. It comes straight to my computer in front of me. And then we are also, um, I'm also gonna be including comments through the Slack channel in the message itself. And, uh, and so that is what we're doing. Let me read Galatians chapter two. Then, after 14 years, I, Paul, went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Timothy along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before, those who seemed to be influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure that I was not running or had run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of the false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in despite our freedoms that we have in Jesus in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield for sorry, we did not yield in submission for even a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality those I say who seemed to be influential added nothing to me on the contrary when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel of of uh, the gospel to the uncircumcised just as Peter had entrusted to the gospel to the circumcised for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles and when James and and Cephas, sorry, Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me. They gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go out to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Wow. So here we've got this, this moment, this piece here, where we're, where we're reading, you know, this, what seems like a, a transition pericope. A pericope is a passage of a set of verses that go together. We're, we're reading a transition piece. And and it seems like, you know, well, what's in here? What do, what do we do with this? But there's a couple things I want to do. The first thing I want to do is I just want to to recognize just how long. Do you notice how long this is? You know, it's Last, last week I talked about the three years, but now we've got another set of years, 14 years. We've got 14 years before he goes into Jerusalem. You know, it does say that he had gone and, and spoken privately to a couple of the leaders of the church, but here he is going into Jerusalem to say, this is the message that God has entrusted me with. This is what I'm proclaiming. He's got it so sealed up, so set that this is what God is saying, that he, he goes and he, and he presents it to the people in Jerusalem. You know, and, and it, says, it says, he did this after such a time to say, making sure that I am not running in vain. Like, he's looking for that final public acknowledgement that indeed the church in Jerusalem, the one that is the center of The the Christian movement, the center of the Christian movement needs to affirm Paul, so that Paul says, okay, I didn't run in vain. Okay, good. We're on the exact same page. And this is important. See, God values you having his message more than he values your productivity. God values you having his message more than he values your productivity. And so this is really, really important. We want to, we, I just want to just sit here for one second because you need to know your message. You need to know, we need to get to a place where God develops his message to the world, to your neighborhood, to to your circles of influence, to a place where it's like you, you know this. It becomes your responsibility to know The message and so that's really really important when when god is resetting things he's working through things he's he's saying okay so so here's the way it's been here's a religious system that saul knew and grew up with it's going to take work to make that adjusting happen so getting back into that text paul has taken time to say this is what i knew this is the structure i understood this is what, this is how I understood how to get to God, and we're going to get to that in a minute, but God took time to change that, to clarify, to, dr- to drive deeper into, this is what God, this is what I am doing right now. And for us, we need to be in a place where we say that, that we know the message that God has for us. See, new churches are not immune from the problems of tradition and interfering with God's work. We aren't completely immune to it. We are able to to get caught up with the way that things have been done. We're able to get caught up with with just the forms and the liturgies and the exact same process, and this is how it works, and here's the package, and then we move on. What What we sometimes do is we sometimes can miss... What God is saying through us, through Promise Church, through this community right now, we need to be in constant prayer because I have seen, honestly, I've been doing church ministry long enough that I have seen churches start off with a, with a mission that's in this direction, and they're moving forward, and they're doing it right, and they're do, by right, I mean they're doing it according to the call that God has placed on that church. And then what happens is that some influential people and some some traditional ways of packaging church start to alter the direction of the church to say, oh, well, this is what we're doing. And as promised church, as we come into maturity, we need to be a congregation that stays focused on exactly what God has set us to do. We need to stay centered on this is the gospel in which we have been Uh, given, granted, to proclaim to the world. We have to stay centered on the methods and the ways that God has given us to do. That's why we're doing Principle of Promise today at two o'clock, and it's really, really important to do because we want to make sure that, okay, we started off going this way, and we want to make sure that we're not being pulled aside to the left or the right based on other traditions, which may not be a bad. They're not bad things. They're just not our thing and so it's really important that we want to do that and and to be sure as the leader of the church I have gone to my denominational heads and to say this is the gospel which God has entrusted me with this is the expression that promised church is going to move ahead with and just like just like Paul um, I wanted to make sure that I was not running in vain and indeed you know, the, the Western District, Ontario, Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada has said, absolutely, you are not running in, in vain. This is what we're doing. And so that is an important part. Now, as we step into the chapter, you know, um, we see that God directed Paul to go cause controversy. And isn't that, isn't that so, I mean, for a Canadian context, especially a Christian Canadian context, the idea of stepping intentionally into, into controversy Um, is so, you know, we we don't necessarily want to do that, but it's necessary at points to to come and to confront the things that need to be confronted so that God can see his work. So verse 2 says, I went up because of a revelation set before them, though privately before those, um, privately before those who seem to be influential, that the gospel I proclaim among the Gentiles, that the gospel I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure that I was not running or had not run in vain. You know, he's testing the receptivity of the message that he had dedicated his life to. Here's why. Paul knew the traditions that he had grown up with. You know, thinking about the situation, and and we think about the volatile uh, political world that the Middle East was in, the ancient Near East at that time, and even now, we can it's not changed there is a volatile political religious situation and very nature set of the culture that was there and the first century would most easily be tipped into riots you can see that in in acts and you can see it in in the riots in ephesus and and you see it in in the times that that when paul goes out and says his message publicly it just there, there are people who come in and and just stir up division and riots it's happening you know and it's it's happening not because people were you know um, godless these riots aren't and, and these and these volatile these volatile moments aren't because people are godless because they're they're pagan or heathen or whatever it's actually because the people cared so much about their religious identity the jews cared so much about their god that they rioted that they revolted that they were pushing against what paul is saying because the implications are massive you see that in in one city there was a riot that was brought on by the people who sculpted idols for um for for the the pagan gods and they rioted why because they saw the implication of what paul was saying and and they saw that this comes in conflict. God directs Paul to go cause controversy. It's coming in conflict. God's message is coming in conflict with the ways of the traditions around them. And so Paul knows that the gospel he's presenting threatens the normal narrative. And it threatens the normal narrative of God's people. It's, it's an internal piece as well. It threatens the normal narrative of the Jewish people. Paul's idea is Jesus is the true representation of Israel and the marker of inclusion is faith in Jesus. Now, I say that a little bit ahead because I'm projecting where this is going. And so we need to understand that that's what's happening here. I'm I'm projecting and saying that Jesus is, is the true representative of israel the marker is of inclusion is faith in jesus paul's doing this here in jerusalem because if he puts the message out publicly without the support of the christian community this might not go well and so he actually may end up getting killed and even though he did this at jerusalem there was still constant pushes against his life there's still constant pressure because god has called paul to bring out controversy. Paul wants to make sure that the apostles see the weight of the person of Jesus in such a way that the promises of Abraham are fulfilled in Jesus. This is Paul's concern, that the promises of Abraham can be seen as fully fulfilled in Jesus. And the promise of Abraham that Paul is most interested in is the promise that says that all nations will be blessed through Abraham's offspring. It's no longer that all nations will be blessed just through the, the Jewish nation. And that's what's offensive right here. That becomes problematic. And, and so we have this, um, we have this piece where, where we see that, wow, a controversial message is being proclaimed here. As a church, um, Corey just said on Slack something that I think many of us feel. It says, yes, it terrifies me. Who wants to step into controversy? I feel like, shouldn't we always be able to just work it out? And this is the thing that the gospel of Jesus does. And this is what Paul's stepping into right here. He is saying, we are stepping into controversy. We're stepping into confronting the normal systems of how we think about God and saying, no, the way we come to God is through faith in Jesus. In our context, that's a very hard thing to say. And so this is, this is very, very important um, that, that we understand. And Paul is underst- he's, he's taking time and he's outlining his credibility and his authority. The church in Jerusalem said, continue to work with the Gentiles. And that's what's happened here in these 10 verses the church in jerusalem hears the message that jesus is the fulfillment of the promises and in this all nations can be blessed it's not now just about becoming a jew it's now about being where you are from the nation that you were born into and being as we find out in romans being grafted in You're you're coming from another nation, and you're coming in to the promise of Abraham. You are becoming, as we see in Hebrews, you are becoming part of Abraham's promise. And so they're agreeing. They've come to a consensus that Jesus Christ is the Lord, and you are able to be brought in. And so we see that this is what's happening. There, There is no learning without this Controversy, and what we find out as we move forward, this actually escalates. So we see Titus was brought was brought to um, was brought in, and it says, "But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek." Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into this for a minute, and I recognize that I'm running out of time, which is fine. Um, but I'm gonna dive into this for just one moment here. It says, "Paul." Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. This is exactly what Paul is saying. Paul brought Titus along, who was from another nation, and he was brought into this council, and the gospel was said that Jesus is Lord, which means that the promise to Abraham, that the whole world is going to be blessed through Abraham's offspring, is now accessible to the greek and you don't have to give up your greekness to become a jew you don't have to be that other you know change your nationality change your ethnicity change your culture totally to be accepted in what he's saying is he's saying the marker is no longer circumcision to be in the promise because if we go all the way back to genesis we actually discover that the way that people were known to be part of abraham's promise was to be circumcised that was the marker you're in because you're circumcised and this agreement right here the fact that even titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised says the marker is being changed it is now it is now based on faith in Christ Jesus. You retain your nationality. It's based on faith in Christ Jesus. The access point to God is in Jesus. This is the controversy that's unpacked. See, if they wanted Titus, you know, to see that he was included, if, if we wanted to maintain the old system, then every single person who believed in Jesus was then going to have to be circumcised and become a Jew. There was a road in which nationals, internationals could become Jewish. They would be called God-fearers. There was already a path for that. The traditions had already established how to include other nations. And Paul is pushing against the trend these traditions, saying, no, that nail becomes a barrier to the promise of God. The truth is, it is through Jesus. And when we get to that, we can see that we are given a message that pushes against the cultural narrative. Paul didn't submit. You know, it says, we did not yield in submission for even a moment so that the truth might be preserved for you. We didn't yield in submission for even a moment so the truth might be preserved for you. The gospel of Jesus is way bigger than tradition, way bigger than the Jewish way of having people come in. It's way bigger than that. And so we see that this changes the world. Okay, I'm going to end on this point here. There's a lot left in this message, but I'm going to end on this point here. And it says that the gospel of Jesus is bigger than traditions. As a church today, we embrace that as long as the point of the comment is directed towards, you know, the Catholic church or the first century Jews, we're comfortable with with the gospel pushes against tradition. We're okay with that. You know, the gospel's changed, and now we've got it established, and now it's good. Now in our post-reformation, now we've got it. This is what we've got, and, and here, is the, here is the sticker. Here is where it, the, the, it comes to a crux, because we really stumble over the fact that the gospel of Jesus is bigger than traditions when that's pointed at our own traditions, when that's pointed at the way that we have grown to get to know God, when that gets pointed at, at our experience, then we go, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, wait, wait you, can't, you can't touch that. And so what we need to do is we need to ensure as a church that we know the message that God has given us We know how it expresses. And as a church, we act in unity, faithful to the message of Jesus Christ, and we move forward. There is no learning without controversy. There's no change without conflict. And and that's true in relationship as well, as, as Rick points out. And so, as a church, as a church, we are going to stick to the mission That God has given us we are going to continue to express in Bradford and the surrounding areas God's gospel message in the community and in promise in principles of promise. We're going to Get a lot further along and 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 understand exactly. What does that mean? So funny i'm just scrolling through the next three pages of notes (laughs) And what i'm going to do is i'm going to let it rest here and we're going to move forward through the book of Galatians, and so we're going to see that this is so packed. But the big piece that I want us to see today is that, is that God, through the message of Jesus, changes traditions and says, watch what I'm doing here. And as leaders, as people who know the gospel of Jesus, we are called to create controversy. So let me... Uh, let me close in prayer. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for this book of Galatians. I thank you that that it is so rich. And God, I just pray that as people, you know, read it, as people go through it, and and they come along, God, I pray that we would see the overarching argument, that we would see that Paul is saying, I have a gospel that's been affirmed, and it means that people are able to come in through faith in Jesus. And we're just getting set up to the controversy. We're just getting set up into into what's happening. And and so God, I pray that we would be able to see this because it applies so easily and so readily into our context here at Promise Church where you have given us means and ways to communicate with a culture the truth that it is through faith in Jesus that we are saved. And God, I pray that we would be able to be faithful and united in those things. I pray for a blessing on this congregation that you would walk with us and that you would allow us to grow into maturity as a community together, united as, as Acts 2 was talking about, united that your Holy Spirit would pour out on us and that we would speak words that the world, that the nations around us would hear and understand. And we trust you to do this work. In Jesus' name, amen.